Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I am your host, Sam, from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, and alongside me once again, Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Hey, everybody. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this episode straight after the previous episode. So if you missed that, um, go back and watch it. Go back and check it out. And for those of you watching us on YouTube, you will notice we're wearing the same outfits. No. <laughs> oh, no, you took your jumper yeah. off. Oh, well done. Oh, that's what I was... I was supposed to take my hoodie off. You wish you could be made. So we could have pretended like this was a completely different setting. Although we told him in the last video that we were doing this anyway. Yes, we're not very good at this, are no. we? <laughs> <laughs> but we have uh, we took a small break to to replenish ourselves to get some food. It is quite hard to do two podcasts straight back to back. We needed to just reset our brains. For we a did, second. yeah. Um, but of course, we are doing this in an aim to combat uh, the 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 coronavirus. This is our our way in in defending ourselves from potential lockdowns or quarantines. But we are now so far in the past when it comes to recording this. Uh, we have no idea what the future world that you are listening to us in is like. I mean, who knows? There could be monkeys crawling all over everyone. You know, elephants might have taken over the world. We just don't know, Tony. Is this going out this year or I mean, yeah. when, when's it going out? <laughs> no, it's going out in like two weeks' time. <laughs> oh, but, okay. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're at bit monkey stages yet. Hey, at this point, the world <laughs> is going crazy enough. We just don't know what is ahead of us. But yes, if you are watching us here on YouTube, hello, welcome. Make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes, including the bonus midweek episodes that I've been producing uh, alongside these regular uh, full-length chats. Tony, have you been listening to the bonus content? Yes, of Good course. Man. Thank you very much. I know you enjoy my stories from the road, especially the earthquake ones. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you've been enjoying my little updates. Uh, and of course, if you are listening to us, make sure to keep following us on whatever audio platform you are listening to on that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many other audio only platforms. Uh, we like to come at you in, in many different ways. Do you think, Tony, we should set up a behind the glass Instagram? Or do you think there are too many Instagram accounts out there? Well, there's quite a lot, aren't there? I mean, well, I don't know, because it is separate, isn't it, now? Because I would like to interact with behind-the-glass listeners more directly. And yeah. I think they would like to interact with you. Yeah. 
And I guess it's a point of differentiation from you from potential customers or clients on your Instagram and then listeners of this podcast. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So maybe we should. What do you think? Let us know. Comment below. Tweet us. Do you want a behind the glass Instagram where Tony and I can kind of interact with you? I guess, yeah, answer some questions. Uh, I, I don't know what the post would look like, but we'll figure that out. Um, well, they'd just be, just be pictures of an ear. Pictures of us in the studio. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I, as I say, I'm all up for getting you guys more involved with what we're doing. Uh, and I did tease it in last week's episode, but I'm currently working on a plan to try and get you guys to actually be able to dial in a bit like a radio show. Don't forget our big YouTube target, which is Tony. 50,000. 50,000 subscribers. I feel like with quarantine. We're getting there. We could, we could reach it quicker than maybe before. Yeah. We want to hit that 50K subscriber title just because, you know, we've given ourselves that target, but also to give one of you the opportunity to come and sit here with us in the BTG studio to participate in one of these episodes. And, and if you are, not able to come and join us because of Corona. Yeah, there we go. Mentioned it again. Uh, we'll we'll dial you in. So you'll be here. What's that called? Technologically, spiritually, spiritually, audio audibly. No, no, no. Okay, it's so just too technical. Away. Yeah, too technical. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, lots to still look forward to over the coming weeks. Uh, uh, hopefully, future episodes will be a little bit more up to date <laughs> and relevant, and we'll be able to talk about things that have been going on. But. This week's episode has been an episode we've been teasing for a long time, not just since the start of season three, but I feel like even in season one, we were talking about the fact that we probably need to do a Ferrari special. Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know, Tony and I are big Ferrari fanboys. I mean, nerds is applicable. Uh, again, you're more nerdy about them than me, I think. I Maybe think, I'm more nerdy about heritage. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You're more nerdy about current Mod- values. Modern, car- <laughs> modern cars. Modern cars. And our lovely uh, shelving system, which we haven't talked about for a few weeks, that that, that flanks us, no, that is behind <laughs> us here in the studio, is adorned with a lot of different Ferrari memorabilia. I've got a two- Adorned? I mean, <laughs> that, so, I mean, the two girls. lyrical today. <laughs> that Wagamama's we had for dinner earlier, just like, suddenly I feel like I can just flow. Oh, wait, there's no Ferrari on there at all. Oh, hold on a sec, Tony. There's, there's a 250 GTO. There's my 360 Modena. There's actually two 360s, both of which were gifted to me during Drive the World. We've got a Schumacher hat, left, right and centre. Um, plenty of Ferrari bits going on, so... Okay. Sit down, although you already are. I already am. Uh, um, but yes, so we, we've been teasing it for a while, and today we are going to get into Ferrari in general, because there is a question to be answered, which I think we've asked ourselves, is Ferrari still the brand that we love or have loved? Don't answer it yet, because <laughs> that's what we're going to be getting into. But yeah, those of you that kind of hate Ferrari, you might want to skip this one. Uh, but hopefully we're going to have some interesting anecdotes, thoughts and discussions around Ferrari's past, present and future, and whether we can still love a brand which is changing so much. So sit down, grab yourself a coffee or a tea or, or a water or whatever you like to do in isolation or however you're listening to us, and we're going to get into it. It is finally the Behind the Glass Ferrari special. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, I feel like we should go back to the beginning. I think that's the logical place to start. I the guess beginning the, of when we met or beginning no, of Ferrari? Well, maybe those two are intrinsically linked. Um, but no, I want to go back to your Ferrari story. Why are you a Ferrari fan? Well, I always liked them when I was a kid, Okay, obviously. Just because they were red and low and loud? Yeah, just because um, I think you go through phases, don't you, when you're a child? Sometimes you like Lamborghini, sometimes you like Ferrari, sometimes you like Porsche. And I went through all them phases, but Ferrari, definitely the longest. Definitely as I as I got teens and over, and then I just stuck with Ferrari. Obviously, I do love Porsche as well, but um, yeah, Ferrari's the pinnacle, that, you know. And it's not just because it is Ferrari, i.e. not because it's Rolex because it's Rolex or Cartier because it's Cartier. Because I think a lot of people sometimes assume you like Ferrari just because, duh, like it's Ferrari. But this came out of a passion for cars for you, right? Correct. And what else at a young age? Because you weren't you weren't buying them, and you probably weren't driving them. So can you can you point out why was it that you were sort of drawn to the prancing it, horse? It was a dream to own one. Okay, that's what it was. So when I when I was I would see them and I'd go. Oh. Hopefully one day I can own one of them. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I actually never, ever thought I would be able to. Like, obviously you always aspire to owning these nice things and you see them in the, on the street and you think, mate, one day, one day. And uh, luckily enough for me, a bit of hard work and some per- persistence. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> done it. Well, I've had a beer. Well, that, was, well, that was a tricky one. Unbelievable. Well, well done, sir. If I hadn't, if I hadn't had a beer, I'd have got it all wrong. <laughs> um yeah, uh, I managed to be able to buy one, and I've had quite a few now. Oh, no need to show off. There's that beer talking again. <laughs> yes. um, it's the ego. What cars were you seeing on the road growing up? What were the Ferraris that you were kind of going, oh, I want one of them? Because uh, oh, they really can't have been very good ones, <laughs> really knowing wanna, your age. I don't really want to admit this. So, your car. Oh, the 360. Yeah. Um, the 355, obviously. Sure. Um... But I never really like. I never really knew what it was. I never knew it was a three five five. I just knew it was. Oh a, yeah, I'm so with you there. Yeah, it was a Ferrari. Yeah, you didn't for really sure. care. At that I didn't point. really care. But not three four eight. You're not that old. No, 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 I'm not that old. But even even if even if I did, mate, I wouldn't know what it was. Sure, I sure, just, it was just a Ferrari. It, it was just a Ferrari. Because sometimes I go back now to popular culture references where I think I knew the car that was being used, and mm. I'm like, oh yeah, it was great. And actually, watching it back, I realised it was a completely different car or model. 
I just assumed it was, oh yeah, it was definitely a 360 in that Bond film, wasn't it? No, it was a 355. Yeah. But it's just a red Ferrari in my brain. So I just... Yeah, but yeah. my first real recollection was the 430. Oh, okay. So but seeing it on Top Gear. Uh-huh. When it came out on Top Gear and I thought, oh my God, I definitely... I, 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 oh, I like that. I, 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 I couldn't afford it. It was, it was it's ludicrous. How long ago was that? When did that come out? 2005? You're no better than me. But it's five. Yeah. Five. So 15 uh, years ago. No, because Challenge Radali was four or five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah five. 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 15 you, years ago. Do you remember the first Ferrari you drove? It was a one. It was your car, 360. No way. Not your actual car. <laughs> but I was going to say, when? <laughs> I, I, uh, that was the first car I owned as well. The first Ferrari you owned. First Ferrari. I was going to say was that a, was the first car you owned. You it, were doing much better than you've led on. It was a it was a light blue Ooh. 360 convertible. What they call is it California blue? They call it that real yeah, pale. It wasn't very nice. No. <laughs> okay, but at the time, did you think it wasn't very nice? No. Okay, at the time so, you were like was it the jackpot? dogs bollocks. Like, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a lot of money, mate. Either it was like. 40 grand or something. Oh, okay, so you drove Less. them when they were right at the like pig's bottom. When there wasn't wasn't very good. Okay. So, but I didn't have that for very long because I couldn't, I, I kind of, I bought it for myself. So you hadn't driven a Ferrari ever, but you knew you wanted one mm. and you saw a 40K light blue 360 and went, that's for me. Correct. Okay. <laughs> brave. Br- very brave. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have it for very long because really I was punching above my weight a little bit. Sure. And I, I, I was a motor dealer then and I sold it off in the trade. Okay. Um, my first real purchase mm-hmm. Ooh. was for my 29th or 30th birthday. Please say 30th. It sounds more, it's got more of a twang, doesn't it? What, because it means you've had one before me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought that. That would have been a great thing to proclaim. But no, I just like, it's cool saying like, yeah, yeah it's, I was trying to think of a title for my video. Okay, fine. Sorry, bought a Ferrari. We both bought Ferraris before we were 30. No, we, we, well, I was about, I was about that time. Okay, okay. I use it for a title anyway. <laughs> and I bought, not with company money, with my own money. Sure. A four thirty spider, oh, a black here one. He is. Here he is. And he I thought I'd absolutely hit the jackpot. It was like a dream come true. Yeah. And, and then from just from then, just like, that was it. Yeah, like I'm not going to buy any of it. Also, love Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari's the best thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, 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 How yeah, long did you have the four thirty for? 18 months. Okay, proper. Yeah, car. yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 months, actually. 15 about months. 15 months, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I think um, it, that's probably brought us up to speed, I guess, on your story. Um, my Ferrari story, a little bit different, but it's been quite well documented on the channel, so we won't dwell on it for as long. But uh, my, my love actually came from motorsport. Uh, so obviously Schumacher and the Ferrari areas, uh, I think, you know, that was kind of my obsession. And then that led into the road cars a bit like you, I would have seen Ferraris around. I know my godmother's husband, so let's call him my godfather had, Oh, you know what? The worst thing is he can't remember what he had, but it was like a three thirty or something like that. You know, like an old sixties Ferrari. And when I was young, I remember going in it and just being like, Oh, this is cool. But but I was never that obsessed until the whole Schumacher era. And then from that probably came my obsession with the 360, Chance Tradali. And I think then a few bits of Top Gear content. I remember a real standout feature for me was the 612 Scalietti with the Race to the Snow Resort. Mm-hmm. That was a real standout piece. 599, 599 GTO and, and sort of forward. I think there's not many Ferraris pre that 360, 612 kind of era 
that I was that obsessed with, apart from the 60s stuff, which probably goes back into my godmother and, and her husband. So there's a big period, which I guess you would call the dodgy Ferrari period anyway, which is kind of from, I guess, like mid or late 70s, uh, no, mid 80s to mid 90s. 85 to 95 that I kind of was a bit blurry about. I, I, I would say Ferraris were dodgy to about 2010. <laughs> <laughs> till the 458 come out. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think even things like F40, something like that, F50, a bit over my head, if I'm honest. Mm. I was all about the F60, the Enzo. Yeah. Um, and then that sort of passion or that, maybe that interest became an obsession really once I got into the whole scene through glass thing. Because before that, it was just like cars and like, yes, I love Ferrari, but from a motorsport standpoint and from a heritage standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And I, like you, kind of always went, I, that's what I want to own. Like one mm. day, I dream of owning a Ferrari. There wasn't really any other brand that I was kind of that obsessed with. I liked Aston Martin. Um, I didn't really get Porsche. I didn't get Lambo. So yeah, Ferrari was kind of my, my jam. And then doing what I do now, I, was st- I started to get exposed to cars. Um, and... Actually, I have to interrupt that because the first Ferrari I ever drove was pre-STG. I was about, uh, there's two weird segues. Basically, the first Ferrari model I ever drove was a 458. So the first time was just before, about two or three years before Seen Through Glass began. I was forced to take holiday from work. I was a bit of a workaholic when I was in my PR job. Got forced to take some holiday and I booked a trip for one to, Mod- <laughs> to Modena, what a loser, to go and do one of those driving experiences. You pay 400 quid and you can go drive yeah, yeah. around the hills. So I was like, brilliant, done. That's what, that's what I'm doing. So I flew out there and I drove a 458 Spider on their like three hour loop. The first Ferrari I've ever drove, driven, oh mate, blew my mind. And of I think, course. I think I'd booked like a 430, but when I got there, they said, well, you can upgrade to the 458 Spider for like 20 euros. And I was like, oh, yes. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, I was like, Oh, wow. What year was that? This was, it had just come out, mate, because they were making a big deal about the fact it was new. So, so 2012, 12, 12 for the spider. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that would actually definitely make sense because it was around the Olympic torch relay, which was a particularly strenuous piece of work I, I had to do. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> story for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first taster. <laughs> then I got into whole scene through glass thing. And the next Ferrari, I believe I drove was again a 458, one of my first like viral videos in inverted commas, which was, I can't believe this is my life in a picture of uh, a Ferrari. And, and I got to drive it down at um, Phillip Island cars. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the real start of the love story. And, and whilst I'm talking to you, I'm trying to bring up um, a, a list here because now, not only on Drive the World, but in general, I have driven a ludicrous amount of Ferraris. And I'm just going to read out to you the Ferraris that I drove during Drive the World. So this is excluding previous other examples. 348 Spider, 360 Manual, 360 Challenge Stradale Manual, 360 Challenge Stradale, 360 Project Car, 430 Scuderia, 456, 458 Speciale, 488 Pista, 488 Pista Spider, 575M, 599, Enzo, F12 TDF, FF, LaFerrari, Portofino. And your favourite was? Oh my God. <laughs> I honestly don't know where to begin. You weren't expecting that, no, were you? No, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> because, you know, and I say that doesn't include things like F40, 599 GTO, 16M, lots of other cars. So somehow, you know, three or four years later, I've gone from someone who likes Ferraris and kind of wants one to owning one and having driven so many. Basically like, everything. Yeah, yeah, Tick yeah. the box, yeah, dream yeah. life. And I would say up until 12 or 18 months ago, almost every car that I drove, buying one and being around them 
fulfilled my dream. And I get the sense that you were the same with that 4.30 up. That you, It was everything we wanted. They mm. were amazing. Mm. We were obsessed. This is the dream. Awful the car, life. by the way, now. Yeah. But yeah. Back <laughs> when then. you look back. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I, hey, my 360 is good today. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> Tony. It's not going down the road in your face. Are I you mean, mad? Oh, Have you actually driven it? Have you driven my car? Not your car, no. no. And I would rather not. Thank right. you. I, that is a video coming soon. <laughs> I actually hate you. It's better than your GT3 RS. Oh, it's great run track. It's the bumpiest, most uncomfortable thing on the road. Getting in and out of those seats are horrible. Yeah, the seats aren't great. It's awful. And yeah, seating anyway. But I know I'd rather, I'd not, I'd rather be driving around. Yeah, yeah. 360 manual. No. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to go up in value more than that. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> don't want to wind you up totally there. Um, but yes, so we both got to this point in our lives separately. Uh, which is like, we've fulfilled our Ferrari dream. We've bought these cars that we love. We love the brand. How then do we now get to a point where both of us, when we talk about Ferrari and the modern cars and the direction they're going in, do we both grimace slightly? Well, you become a little bit blasé when you become, when you become exposed to these cars, especially what we both do. We're both in the motor industry in different parts of it, but we both are exposed to these cars. You become a bit blasé. And it's like it's like being in a sweet shop, and it you, you like sweets, but you wouldn't want them every day. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think Ferrari, the most important thing about Ferrari is that they have to be special, right? Yeah. They, they have to have that sense of occasion, that excitement, that when you get in them, you go, oh my God, a Ferrari. And if you're surrounded by them all day, every day, and driving them out like I do, I don't know what, I did wheel that off. It did sound a bit showy-offy, but it was just trying to explain that, you know, I've loved almost every moment, but- with the modern cars, I feel like they're dialing out some of that specialness. Absolutely. And because of the amount of cars that we're around and the amount of new Ferraris that we get to be around, it's just lost something. The, the actual product, the brand is still special to me. Mm-hmm. The heritage, the brand value, the badge, but the actual product is ever so slightly tainted in my mind. Mm, I agree. And there are many other cars that I would buy before, and many other Ferraris, sorry, I'd say before a 488, mm. before a Lusso, before an 812. And for me, it's about going back in time. And I know I'm a bit of a sucker for that because I like my modern classics. But why for you, like what, what's not working for you with the, the really modern stuff? Well, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate of modern cars. Like I like modern cars. I don't like older cars. Which is why I'm asking. Yeah. Um... Ferrari have become a little bit more unspecial to me since the 488. Okay. So although I love the 488. You've had about four of them, haven't you? I've had about (laughs) four of them, yeah. I love the 488. I think it's a great car. But the last special Ferrari was the Speciali. And obviously, as most of you know, I was lucky enough to own one. I've sold it now, but it was my dream car and we both wanked over that car essentially <laughs> yeah. love that car true so but that's that's the last real special one i think and i think the the tides turned a bit when they went plc and they're on now on their own so now it's different now it's all about churning numbers and they become a little bit not not quite the same but they become a little bit like mercedes and and mclaren and pumping models out all the time and you know that's why it's not special anymore 
And I think there's, this is an industry thing as well. Like cars in general are becoming more bland. Yeah. Because of regulations, because of the way that we use them, so many different reasons, they're just not as raw as analog is exciting. And that's just time. And we have to kind of accept that at some point. Maybe we're just getting old and we're just old grumpy men going, oh, it's not as good as they used to be. And that's why I wanted to hear from you because I feel like with me, a lot of it comes down to the romanticism of the cars that I was growing up with. So, you know, I can sit here and I can go, oh, yeah, 599 GTO and Challenge Tradali and all like, amazing. But at the same time, I agree. I love the Speciale. I'm going to say the TDF for me is a yeah, truly yeah. special, special Ferrari. But it's that era though, isn't it? It's yes. that, that cutoff period. It's when they took the step forward into 488, Lusso, 812, yeah. Portofino. Yeah. It's all just taken a step into a little bit too accessible. Yeah. You know, these cars should be made for anyone who walks into the Ferrari dealership, not the driver enthusiast. And you know, if you've never owned a Ferrari before and they're the first cars you get in, you would be blown away. You'd go, oh my God, this is unbelievable because they are so much, they're more usable now in every situation. They're faster. They're more economical. It just, everything is is bang on with them now. But if you've, if you've followed the Ferrari path for a long period of time and owned some of the shit ones, yeah, <laughs> yeah you sure. kind of you 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 kind of still want them to be a little bit crap because that's what keeps the uh, like the personality in it a bit. For so, sure, yeah. When they're too good, it's all there's too no, good. There's no character. There's yeah, no emotion, it's all gone. Yeah. and that's totally it. And you know, we, we had this conversation end of last year after I spent a week uh, in a pista. And then a couple of days in a speciality. So within seven day period, I'd driven a Pista in a speciality quite a lot. Mm. And actually I came away from it saying the car I'd have is the Pista. I know it is just that. a better car. Which surprised me. And it surprised my, like, I surprised myself. I, mm. I was like, oh yeah. Before that week, I'd always said, I would always pick the speciality over it. But I, I went into it. You've got to remember spending my time with the Pista and then borrowing a speciality for the day rather than the other way around. Yeah. And when I got into that speciality, I just went, ah. Oh, I kind of missed the pista because let's forget speed for a second. I think both of them are too quick for, for the majority of public roads, but the special, it suddenly felt a little bit cramped and maybe a little bit, the noise wasn't as much as I hoped it would be. I thought I'd be getting in there going, Oh, the engine, the exhaust, but actually it didn't sound that different from the pista. Just a, like a little bit more shout. I don't it's know. A bit more like, screamy. Yeah, a bit yeah. more screamy, but, but nothing majorly. And then it just didn't feel as composed on the road. So the Pista is a better car. Like it is a better car, but there's something about what the Speciale represents and the emotional connection, which still stands out as a, as a drive, yeah. as a car thing to go out and drive. Absolute Speciale. But as a car to own and live with, Pista every day. For sure. So... When I drove them, I drove them both the other way around. It was in last year. We was in Europe somewhere. I don't know where we were. Somewhere generic. Yeah, I don't actually know exactly where. I think it was Croatia. Sure. So um, my friend at the time had, had a Pista, had the Speciale. So I was in the Speciale. I come out the Speciale into the Pista. I didn't drive it as long. I drove it for about an hour. And I come out of the Pista and, f and, and couldn't get my head around how fast it was. But it was all I was talking about. Yeah. It's so fast, so fast, so, so fast. fast that 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 never ever come out of my mouth for the Speciale because the Speciale, okay, is fast, but for a supercar, it's not really that fast anymore. Well, things have moved forward. Things at the have time, moved it, on. Was, it was massively fast, but yeah, things have progressed so quickly, and that car is relatively dated. Yeah, now. it doesn't feel bad. 
and that's the thing as well. I think I think Ferrari, again, because of McLaren, have had to really move things on in terms of pace and speed because of what McLaren done with the 675 and then they bring the 720 out. Um, and obviously with the 458 to the to the normal 488, like we've said more than once as a car, the normal 488 is better than the Speciali as a car. You know, it's bonkers, much faster, more usable, not as cramped, you're right. It, it, it's a lot easier to drive, um, but it just didn't feel as special. So I, I think Ferrari have had to change their their way in how they build cars, partly because of the competitors. Yeah, you're right. They've got to stay in the mix and they can't be looking to sort of be behind slower or not as practical, not as usable because they'll just lose customers to, to, to McLaren, to Porsche. Yeah, and what be. makes you laugh with Ferrari? I mean, they say, oh, we don't care with Ferrari. They do care. They 100% care. They right? care. That's why they still give you special versions when you go for test days. <laughs> exactly. And they say, uh, we don't care about Nürburgring. Well, that's because you're not as fast. You're not as fast. So you don't want anyone to find out. You don't so want anyone to find oh, out. No, we don't care. Uh, yeah, we do yeah. Fiorano. Yeah, we do Fiorano. What does a 720 years do about Fiorano? <laughs> I don't know. Can we find out? No, not at all. They're hilarious. But I, yeah, because I did a piece with Salamondra last year because he got, I felt like he got into Ferrari almost what I would say the wrong, the wrong way around. He'd been slagging them off for years and years and years. And he then, did, didn't he? Never he used to like oh them. Oh my God, never used to like them. And then got invited on FXX you know, Pista Pilotti kind of day. So he went in right at the top end, got passenger rides in FXX Evo and all these kind of larks, hanging around with the top end customers talking about their forthcoming LaFerrari Pertas and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he suddenly goes, God, this brand's amazing because of the connection, the family, all this yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And I said, well, hold on a sec, because to really understand Ferrari and to really appreciate Ferrari, you've got to not only have driven a 348, <laughs> but kind of love a 348. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise, you're just you're just buying it, like you're just buying the badge. Like you're not yeah. buying the car. Like Because for me, that's it. Ferrari is so much more than its products. Because despite this current lull, despite the fact that I don't lust after their current models, it doesn't make me dislike Ferrari anymore. As, a, as I say, as a brand, as a company, I still adore them. There are still a million Ferraris that I would have. And if I was a very rich guy, I'd probably still be out there with an 812 and a yeah, 488 yeah. Pista and God knows what. Um, it, it's just that I personally yeah, lust after the older stuff. So I think, you know, it's the whole brand that maybe other companies haven't been able to maintain it's that la familia kind of attitude that some people knock and say it's like an old boys club but do you feel like i do that when you're in with ferrari it's kind of an amazing feeling like you know you you cherish the reward the brand is still very special they do they look after you like no other as well they're very good at um customer service and and rightly so because their products are a fortune but their hospitality is very good if you get to go on some of their on some of their trips and stuff and yeah they're very good at it but they should be because it's what they do you know they they haven't they haven't got to deal with like Mercedes have to millions of customers you know A class customers for sure A <laughs> yeah. class customers because yeah. even if you're a Portofino customer you're still spending 180 grand or something like that of course so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so the level of service is obviously very good but you'd expect it to be but the question is are there now too many Ferraris? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well answered. 100%. Because 
the minute you can kind of have a Ferrari for any situation, and let's not forget the per per long sang bong dong four by four is coming. Per sang, isn't it called or something stupid? It makes that sangyong. No. <laughs> to Sangyong. They're still around, I They're think. They're still around. <laughs> yeah, Go teamed on. up with Ferrari. Go, <laughs> Go on, Sangyong. Um, but yeah, basically, I'm trying to think if I can run them down. I feel like I'm going to forget all the variants now, but we've got the Roma, which is a hardtop, rebodied Portofino. Correct. The Portofino. Those are what they're going to call the entry-level Ferraris Correct. for the ladies of the household, apparently. That's not me being sexist. Genuinely, Ferrari puts that in their press releases. I mean, most wives would be happy with Range Rovers. Now they're, now they're talking about and buying Romas and... Do you think the Roma is a male Portofino? Or do you think they're both targeted at a sort of different, maybe more female customer? Yeah, I, 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 for me, yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't think they're a, they're a man's Ferrari. I think they should both be Maseratis. Uh, yeah, do you know what I mean? But that's what they used to do as well. Remember, like they would team up with Maserati, and that would be your entryism. And mate, when your come, car come out, even the four thirty, I think the Grand Sport, you would have to buy a Maserati before you got one. No, yes, mate. really, yes. Okay, so if you buy this that's been in our ah. showroom for six years, you could we'll we'll consider you for the lovely three six. That's <laughs> such a great impression. Yeah. No way, because obviously I think it's sort of well known now that yes, if you want a pista, you are buying a Lusso or if you That's want not a, all Ferrari dealers, by the way. No. That is some. Of course, of Absolutely course. I, I, you know, and this happens across the board and we can't, you know, blame some people are great, yeah. some people aren't. Porsche do it. Exactly. They so so it. so n- we're not pointing fingers, but we're Lamborghini talking- tried to do it. <laughs> And I was like, no, we'll skip the, the hurricane. That's all right. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought now. But okay, sorry. So you have to buy Maserati. That's amazing. Yeah. But yes, the Roma, I kind of get, there's a part of me that looks at, I, sometimes I look at it and I go, great. Sometimes I think it's, it looks a bit like the new F type. And sometimes I think it looks like a shoe. But I, I get why they did it. Because I think a lot of people were calling out saying, we want a hard top. We want a, we want a Dino, don't we? And said so they got the Roma. Yeah. Um, but yes, I definitely think the Portofino should have been a Maserati and I feel like at some point it probably was. Mm. Um, but those two, let's put to the side for a second. They are your sub 200K, theoretically entry level. Your entry level cars. And already you've got too many, coupe and a convertible. Yep. Um, then we step up to the 48, no, sorry, the F8. God, I forgot about that crappy car. I say crappy car, it actually starts to look quite good. I've seen them on the road. I just feel like it came out to such a sort of like the, Mate, it's a 488 rebody. Yeah, there was no hype around it. People were like, what is this? And it is a rebodied 488. No real excitement, no big steps forward. Even the body design language isn't really that revolutionary. And it feels like there's just been a little bit. It's, it's a yeah. stopgap car. This is not going to be here for that long. It's a 650S for a. Yeah, it's a stopgap car, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the FS Tribute, F8 Tribute, and the F8 Spider, are they calling yep. it? Launched them both at the same time. Launched when have they ever done that I before? I mean, like, again, and this is the thing, it's all getting a bit lost on me now. Yeah. And I'm forgetting, how can I forget what the Ferrari models are? But it's all just getting a bit blurry and a bit oh, I know lost. Them. I know, good, thank you. Uh, then we have the GTC Luso V8. GTC4 Luso V8. Sorry, yeah, uh, GTC4 Luso T, which mm. has the V8 engine from the F8. Correct. No. Rear wheel drive. No. From the Portofino. From the Portofino. God, thank you so much. So glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one. So that is that all the V8s? Have we done all the V8s? That's the V8s. Yes. yes. So then we move into the V12s mm. where we've got GTC4 Luso. Yep. 812 Superfast. Yes. 
812 GTS, which I've got a, such a problem with. And I think we have touched on it, but we can come back to it in a second. We're going to. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, no, wait, because the SF90 is a V8, right? Oh, yeah, but it's a, yeah, we've, it's, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid V8. So we're going to put that so in a hybrid. Like a, okay, V12. Because that's nearly a hypercar, that car. It is. It's quicker than a LaFerrari. Yeah. But uh, so... 812 Superfast, 812 GTS. <laughs> Any other V12? Uh, Luso. No other V12s, right? There's the three V12s. No, there's the three V12s, yeah. And then the SF90. The SF90. Hybrid. And then the special car. The Monza. And yeah. something what, SP, else? SP1, SP2. SP1, SP2. They're V12s. They're V12s. I mean, there's too many. There's, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's never been so many. It is horrific because, you know, okay, I get why Ferrari are making them. The demand is probably there. And the SUV that's coming. The Pure Sand. Yeah. The, the Sangion. <laughs> But, but for me, all of these issues are rooted in the 812 GTS. Now, I know why I get frustrated by this car, but I could see you chomping at the bit, almost biting your microphone. So go on. Why have you got an issue with this car? First of all, GTS, for a start. Secondly... Wait, no, no, you're going to have to expand. What do well, you mean? Well, because I, don't, I think they're going to make loads of them. It's not special. It's not special enough, like all Ferraris now. Like, so, so your problem being that the GTS badge is too special? Or yeah, like it should be. Yeah, the GTS is special down the line, isn't it? The convertible V12? Yes. Agreed. That, yeah, okay, cool. So, oh. like the 599... SA Aperta. SA Aperta. I mean, they made about four of them. <laughs> Literally. I mean, th- there'll be four in a week of the yeah. other car. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just another... Oh, dear, we've made too many 812s. I know everyone's cancelling them left, right, and centre. Let's cut the roof off and make seven or eight hundred. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry, McLaren, but it is McLaren all over again. I am it's exactly gonna, uh, yeah, the same. I'm going to jump in here because this is this was my point as well. The convertible V12 front-engine Ferrari, the sort of you know their headline car, that has always been a super special variant and so rare, so rare. Like even if you go back to the day, 250 Cal Spider. Like through to, yes, 599 SA Perta. I mean, the F12, they made those weird things, the TRS and whatever like that, but otherwise they didn't do one. Yeah. Um, you know, and so you have to look back at that history and go 575 Super America, 550 Barquetta. Always been a standout car, the ultimate version, the RGT V12, and look, now it's a roofless. Even, even the 458 Aperta, mate, and now the 488 oh, yeah. Spider. Well, that's bad enough. But yeah. the G- for me, this sums up everything Ferrari are doing wrong right now in the sense they've taken what should be always a hero car, a car to be for the few, to be for us to drool over and say, one day we dream of owning a convertible V12, being asked to buy, because we can't choose to buy it, we have to be asked to buy to a convertible it. V12 Ferrari. But now you can walk into Ferrari wherever, I don't know where. You can turn that radio off, radiator off, by the way, if you're burning up. Are you burning up? No. No, okay, fine. Uh, sorry. Adjusting my glasses. So you adjusted his glasses. I was only worried that I was cooking you with that radiator. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, that you could probably walk into your local Ferrari dealership and order one. It kills me. It's like Ferrari, you've given away your little, your sweet little thing at the top of the Christmas tree. And you're just giving it away to everyone. And not only are they giving it away to everyone, they're making you buy a normal car to buy one. Well, there you it's go. It's not that special. It's not that special. No. I mean, like, just everything about it frustrates me. And then there's talk of the 812 GTO or whatever the super fast version of the 812 is going to be. 
But again, like, okay, and then is there going to be a convertible version of that? And then is there going to be a track focused version? Like, as you say, it's a bit McLaren yeah. in the sense where so many variants and so many models that they all tend to blur into one. Yeah. And that is what annoys me about the product. Not about the brand, because I still love it. Just that product thing where I'm like, come on, guys. Now, what was your second point? Do you remember? Because I, I interrupted you mid-flow. No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you always do that to me. I'm oh, so sorry, but I just no had problem. to get in there because that was like right at the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, well, I was like, I'm going to say the same thing in about 10 minutes time. So, uh, okay. So, well, let's go back for a second and, and revisit, uh, I guess, previous and prior models in terms of right now, if someone was looking to buy their first Ferrari, they weren't as lucky as us to have already done that. Um, what is your, where would your buy-in point be? Because I think we'll probably agree a little bit on this, but I, I have a few different options given on what people want. But what, what would you say would be a great Ferrari to go and buy today? 458. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it is. I mean, probably the best. The best. Sub 150K easily. Maybe sub 130K if you're lucky. Still relevant, modern. Super quick. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it is. Compared to a 430 or... If it's your first Ferrari, it's For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to feel like a step backwards if you're going yeah. out of a 570S. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's... It's enough of the old Ferrari to get a lot of the character, but enough of the new that you're not going to have to start doing engine out cam belt services. <laughs> it was such a huge leap from the 430 to the 458. It, it redefined so what supercars big. are. Yeah. You know, and I saw one, I saw one up at Alexander's Prestige the other day, and I saw that one at Carl Hartley that I sent you the message about. There are some amazingly specced cars which still look so modern, yeah. so on point. Yeah. Uh, amazing money. That Carl Hartley one, it was a black spider with nearly 30,000 miles, which you do still have to say is big miles in Ferrari land. But people drive them more now, mate. People drive them more, especially yeah. now that they're trading that kind of money and it's been a few years. 130 grand he put it up at. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. If yeah. I was in that world, I'd be like, I need yeah. you. I need you. Yeah. My, so I think both of us lean towards the mid-engined Ferraris. 100%, yeah. And I've never owned a V12. Well, Ferrari. there we go. There is a big point of difference, I think. And I, I actually spoke to Ferrari about this a while ago. They see different customers. Of course, lots do overlap and they're big collectors of everything. But in general, V12 customers are V12 customers and the mid-engine guys are mid-engine guys, yeah. V8s usually. Yeah. Um, so why haven't you ever got a V12? I, I just, I just, when it comes to fast cars, I just like mid-engine or rear-engine cars, full stop. And have you driven as many of the front-engine fries? Have you driven 599s and 812s and Driven... F12s? Uh, driven F12. Yeah. Not driven eight. Have I driven eight twelve yet? Don't think I've driven eight twelve yet. Okay. Driven F12. Um, 
I've driven a 599. I think I've driven a 599 as well. Not a GTO, but I've driven a 599. I'm just trying to think. Lusso. Okay. Driven both Lustos, the T and the V12. Um, again, they're just like, they just work, mate. They're just good cars. And if you take the badge off, like... Could be a Panamera. Could be, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like... But the thing is, like, I think... The, the the point of difference for me with Ferraris is that all Ferraris have the same thing, which is they're beautifully, insanely light and direct steering. Like that, that's the thing, right? Like about Ferraris, like light and direct Always. steering, unbelievable. Yeah. And when you're in a mid-engine supercar, totally makes sense. It's like a little darty arrow, yeah. just chop and change. And, yeah. and it's just, it's an amazing feeling. When you get into the, the bigger V12 stuff, you're sitting quite far back behind this big engine in a car that feels wide and big. You're sitting higher up. The steering feel is the same, which is inherently a little bit unnerving because the car feels a little bit twitchy just because in your head, it seems like it's bigger and heavier, even though, you know, of course, there's amazing trickery going on. So I feel like it takes me a while to build up to the confidence to thrash the big GT stuff because you're heading towards a corner going, I'm going way too fast. I'm going to understeer. And then the car just goes round. I mean, like, like yeah. goes around the corner. Sorry, not goes round in a circle. Depending what, depending what, if you drive... That's the four-wheel steering ones normally. I mean, if you tried to do that in an F12, you probably would go straight. <laughs> you probably would. Yeah. It's definitely uh, definitely with a 599. But I, I just think in general, like, it, I don't find them as easy to push. They're no. great cars to cruising because they are GT cars. Whilst I, I just feel them a little bit, I don't enjoy driving the GT stuff fast, no. which is why I've always leaned towards the, the mid-engine. But there are some great deals out there. 599s, for example, are dirt cheap. It's just very expensive to run. Mm. Um, and if you go a little bit further back in time, I think three, four, eights are still a steal. I mean, that's a really analog sensation, yeah. like, and a, and a bit of a doggy Ferrari. Yeah. It's going to cost you a lot if it goes wrong. What was before that? Five, one? No, f- uh, f- uh, four, uh, four. So hold on a sec. Cause, uh, what three, the five, one, two, was three, it? oh, eight and three, two, eight. And that, those ones, five, one, two was the TR, but that's a V12. Ah, because they didn't make a front engine very. Oh, they didn't make the front engine. That's yeah. right. There was, so a, there was, there was a, a, yeah. weird. They went yeah, TR because yeah, yeah. they were competing with the Countach Miura. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've probably got that horribly wrong, and someone's no, you're put, no, you I'm are probably right. I'm right. I'm right there. Because and then they changed their stance a bit and started to compete more with Aston Martin, didn't they? Yeah, with the with the DBS and and 308, I think was the second mid-engine V8 Ferrari. So what came before that? Two. Yeah, this is your fault. Yeah, I so- do not know <laughs> this bit. No, but I do get a bit lost. I mean, there's a lot of three this, two that. Yeah, F1, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're looking at the moment, if you are in supercar territory. Uh, definitely um, consider your your four five eight. I think there's not much point in stretching for a four eight eight. I think a four five eight is going to be a good starter F- a Ferrari experience. But I'm also going to do a big plug and Tony, please back off for the three sixty because it's a sweet spot in Ferrari's history. It's still an amazing car to drive. It's analog. The F one boxes are pretty bad, but if you get a later car and get a little bit of work done to it, there's still something about those cars. To do. Probably a 430 F1, arguably a lot better. I'd still try and stick to a manual 360 for you. But it's accessible speed, accessible performance, one of the best sounding engines and exhausts you can get out there, and full Ferrari. And I know you'll slag it off, and I know you want to slag it off, but you're wrong, <laughs> I would just say. They are great, great cars. And to not appreciate them is naive of you. 
And I like, mean, it's not really it, accessible it, speed, is it? I mean, it's just about as fast as an RS3. Which is accessible speeds on the road. RS3's fact, already too quick. Yeah, I, was, I would say an RS3's probably faster on the yeah. road. <laughs> Actually, to be Probably, honest. but you know, it, it's not all about that, Tony. And the fact that you can get into a 360 for around 50, 60 grand still, if not a little bit less, if you're lucky, it's amazing. Like, like it's a, it is still a full-blooded Ferrari. I don't care what you say. You are no, it is a Ferrari man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good car. And I think those would be my two points to go. If you're if you're looking at the circa 60 grand. 360, you don't need to stretch to a 430, in my opinion, unless you're looking at the F1 boxes or 458. Those would be my go-tos for now. But the manual 360 is fairly rare, mate. Not as rare as you'd think. Really? Not as rare as you'd think. They do They do come and go. Yeah, but manual 430 nice is hard. Yeah, manual 430 is really hard. But the thing which is a nice one is a good point. The minute you're looking pre-458, so 430, 360 backwards, it is so important to have... Ferrari service history, a service every single year, yeah. whether the car's moved or not, even if it's got zero miles, it needs to be looked after. Yeah. And the most important thing is these cars have to be driven. Yeah. Ferraris respond to being, being driven. They genuinely have personalities and characters. Yeah. And if you leave them alone, they break. Yeah. That is a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've given a little bit of advice of what we think someone could or should go and buy if they want to get into this mad, mad world. Just don't listen to Sam and listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Tracy Friar's best car in the world. Um, well, it is. My- <laughs> so not- we're not talking about Porsche. We're no, we're not. Is- no, we're not doing a Porsche special. <laughs> oh, I'll just leave you to it for 45 minutes. So our, our sort of departing question, I suppose, our departing point is, are we concerned are we worried? Are Ferrari, have Ferrari gone too far? Do we envisage a time when we're not going to want, are we not going to buy modern Ferraris? Or is this a bit of a blip? And do you still want, would you still go out there today and buy a brand new Ferrari from dealer? So I, I think that we are, again, blase about it. I think that because of what we've been used to and they've changed how they do things, because they've had to as well because of the the competitor and what you can buy now they've they've moved the game on cars have to be more refined now because they appeal to a, a bigger amount of people which means they sell more cars and so forth make more money which is what it's all about if you're a business correct now do i think they're less special yes but i think they're less special because we've been exposed to them and I've had a few, and you've been exposed to more than me in terms of... So if we feel like that, that's the reason why, because we've been spoiled. So you put our lack of desire for a new Ferrari down to the fact that we've just been around them too long? Yeah, because, I mean, you still get... There will still be some special cars where you'll you'll think and you'll go... yeah, I'm gonna try and go try and get that one. I left that one. That'll be nice. But one of the days where every Ferrari was there, the, we go. The special one. It's it's not that now because it's made for the mass, mate. Unfortunately, I think that's that was literally the point that I was going to try and make. But I think you summed up better, which was there are still Ferraris that I want. Uh, Pista for sure. One I would have and an eight twelve, I think, and an SF ninety. I'm really intrigued by. I also want to have a go in Aroma. I still haven't seen one in the flesh yet. I don't. Uh, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> and I think I'll be disappointed, but I want to have a go. Yeah. 
But you're right in the sense where every single Ferrari should be a Ferrari that we lust after. Or I want every Ferrari to be a Ferrari that I lust after. And I think five years ago, they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I would want every car in the lineup. Um, whilst now, it's a little bit, you just have to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, because they make a, they make, they're, they're trying to make a car for everyone now. And don't forget, some people that never bought Ferraris before, they will still be special, mate. Because Agreed. You know, compared to any other manufacturer, they are still a special car and they won't know any different. Fair so enough. it's just us older people. That, yeah. Not older <laughs> us, people, but us losers. Well, older the, customers. Those of us that love 360s uh, and realise that that was the best mark for our <laughs> <laughs> I do still really want a 458 though. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think, you know, all in all, uh, to answer the question of, you know, do we still love Ferrari? Yes. Of course. Do we still want to buy Ferraris? Yes. But uh, not everyone. Not everyone. Uh, and uh, and that's about it, I guess. Yeah, is that <laughs> it? I suppose so. Uh, I feel like we kind of rounded off and covered off most topics. I'm sure there will be questions. People might have had specific things they wanted us to address. There's one within... thing you didn't answer. Oh, go on. What I said to you at them list of cars, uh, what would you have? You skipped that. I did skip that. I, I mean, they really is, would like to know. This is drive the world specific. But I think challenge for Dali aside, because that's the obvious go-to, isn't it? If I won the Euro Millions, I think I'd get an Enzo. Really? Yeah, because of what it meant to me. It's it's arguably a bit of an awful car. It's cumbersome. It's crap turning circle. It's crappy gearbox. But it's so special to me. Uh, that was the, well, LaFerrari of my generation. It means, like, that was everything. I was like, that was my real wow, wow, wow car. But when it came out, and still today, it's so far from realistic, in my mind. Who yeah. knows where the world's going to go? I think the Enzo, just to have. The rest of them, there are plenty, if I'm honest. 575, that was a surprise. That really, like, I didn't expect that to be as raw as it. Like, that, that spins it, its rear wheels. Really? Yeah, I thought that was going to be a real soft car, because I've driven a 550, and that was a bit laid back. 575, bit of a monster. Um, all the 360s, obviously great. Scud, yeah, I mean, I've got to love a Scud. Uh, 599 was the most disappointing, I'll be honest. I was a little bit let down by the 599. Um, and out of that list right there, yeah, that's kind of how the I The Enzo. Know. Yeah, Enzo, yeah. I think so. If you could go tomorrow with Euro Millions money, which Ferrari would you buy? It would be an Enzo or Laugh. Good man. Be one of the two. Okay, well, on that bombshell and Jeremy Clarkson's favourite word, (laughs) uh, make sure you stay subscribed, turn on notifications for future episodes. If you're listening, uh, if you are listening to us, there we go, uh, make sure to keep following us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. And yes, we will be back next week with another episode of Behind the Glass. Bye-bye. See ya.